Four teams left. Two in the Eastern Conference, two in the Western Conference. This is Three Honest Lads. Football-loving maniacs, you're listening. But most importantly, I've got one of the guys who feels like he's got his sights set on his first UHL championship star. We've got midfielder from El Paso Locomotive, one of my personal favorites. Probably can't call him a friend because I don't answer his phone calls regularly enough. But Richie Ryan, how are you, buddy? I'm good, thanks, Devin. How are you? I'm good. I tried to change my phone number, but you, you wouldn't let me. You tracked me down again, huh? <laughs> I think you found your way back to me. <laughs> so, man, it, a lot has changed since the last time that we spoke. Um, the season's different. You know, coming into 2020, we, we picked your brain a little bit, but things have drastically changed since that game back in March against Orange County. Talk to me what yeah. it's been like for you and the boys, because it's been a heck of a journey so far. Still some work to be done, but it's been a long and winding road. Yeah, it's, it's Obviously, it's been a it's been a strange strange year for everybody in every walk of life. Um, it, it was tough at the beginning. It, we didn't know how long we were going to be off, if the season was going to get back on track, what what the season was going to look like. But thankfully, the league, the league, and everybody involved made it happen. And now we're uh, now we're two games away from the end of it. Richard, let's talk about the squad for a second. I think one thing around the entire league that people are starting to see more, and you guys are obviously keeping the precedent set there, or I should say the standard set, is yeah. the retention of players. Both, you know, yourself, Yuma, Chapa, um, you know, Nick, of course. You keep some players that carried such a big workload last year. But then you bring some other guys in, like Leandro most recently, Dylan, of course, up top. You know, what has it been like for you in terms of some of the players that have turned over? But of course, the chemistry and the core group that you've been able to keep. I think, uh, in my personal opinion, it, it happens too often in the USL, Devin, is that there's too much of a turnover of players every season from club to club. Um, so it's very, it's very hard to, it's very hard to get the consistency um, if, if players are coming and going all the time. And I think that was something that Mark looked at towards the end of last season. Was trying to, was trying to keep the core group of the players that he was really happy with last year and, and bringing in. I'm bringing in four or five players that were going to make the squad stronger, and thankfully we've we've had some we've had some unlucky injuries over the last couple of months. There's some important players in the squad, but we've we've had the strength, and the depth of the squad to to come in and replace them players. Is it sort of, and I'm referencing the injuries because you led me right into my next question. Is it sort of at a certain point in time in the locker room for you guys, for lack of better terminology, you kind of just look and go, what the hell? You know, maybe a player not necessarily working out, someone getting injured, rotation. I mean, with all due respect, Yuma probably isn't Mark's first choice as a center back, but you guys don't miss a beat when he steps back there. Oh, I think that comes down to Yuma just being a really good footballer, to be honest. But, um, yeah, and like I said, Mark, Mark tried to put a good, a good squad of players together, Devin, and, and I think in this league you generally have 18, 20 player squads. So you, you need to try and have as much as much strength within the squad as possible. So that if, if injuries do happen to key players, then you've got you've got players that are more than comfortable and more, more than capable coming in to, to do the job that the, the players that injured has done for us. In terms of any of the new acquisitions, um, of course, you guys picked up Guillermo at the end of last year, but you know Guillermo came in at the tail end of it. He's now seen what we would call a full season with you guys. Maca's come on loan from Indy. I mentioned Leandro and Dylan. Has anyone kind of turned your head a little bit and gone... Oh, okay. That's something I wasn't expecting, or maybe a pleasant surprise that maybe you didn't necessarily know was coming. Um, I think for for me, from a personal point of view, I could probably speak more about the, the two boys that have come in from Juarez because I wasn't too familiar with them, what they were like as players, and, and more importantly, as people. Um, Leandro and Adair Adair Borelli, 
Um, and we've been really fortunate with Adair. Adair's come in and, and played in front of Foxy over over the last month or so since Foxy picked up an injury, and he's been outstanding for us. And, and Leandro, we've been fortunate that we had Leandro here as well because we were unfortunate with, with Omar picking up an injury. Um, they're the two players that would, would stand out for me because I didn't know them previously. So it's been, it was a, it's been a pleasant surprise for me to see how well they fitted into the squad and, and fitted into the team on the field also. Let's talk about the journey. And specifically, we'll go back just a couple matches. I, people have to understand, a lot of fans around the league always come to me and say, oh, well, look who they played and look at the results here and there. No, no team, El Paso Locomotive included, controlled what teams they were going to play within or outside of their group. So down the stretch, I think people might look and say, you know, okay, the Monarchs weren't the Monarchs of 19. There's the one nothing victory. But then you draw New Mexico, you draw Colorado Springs, you smack Monarchs around. But then you've gone back-to-back games in the playoffs where you've drawn and had to go to penalties. Yeah. Do, do you think people doubt you guys? I don't really care. <laughs> Yeah, good man. <laughs> I, I, I genuinely don't care what people think of us, Devin. Um, we're we're in the position we're in the we're in the Western Conference Final because we deserve to be there. One of the perceptions that I get is is kind of what you just referenced. It's you don't care. You've yeah. got your eye on the prize. Phoenix kind of has a similar thing. They they kind of feel like it's you against the world. How close is your locker room? Because it's easy to have good results on the field. That doesn't necessarily mean that everything behind the scenes is all hunky-dory. Do you guys get along pretty well? Very well. I, I, it, it brings me back to like putting a squad of players together that can that can stay together for a period of time. Not alone do you need to have good players, but you need to have good people within the dressing room that, that get along and work hard for the person next to them. And I think Mark's done a very good job with keeping the players from last year that have the character that we need at the club and bringing in the few players that we brought in this year that have the same type of character. And I, I think on the field, you, you can see performances from us this year. Even when we don't play well, we stick together on the field and we work for each other. And last year, we probably didn't do that as much. Um, I, I think it's a, it's a good sign for any team is when you can not play so well, but, but grind out results. Um, I, think, I, I think we have that. I think we have that this year. And, I think going, going 14 games unbeaten is a, is a tough thing to do in the USL. The heck of a run you guys have been on. And, and let's talk about the last game against New Mexico United where, yeah. you know, you, you didn't come off the field. You were the only midfielder to do that. I mean, all the guys in front of you, even Maka came off. Of course, Mark trying to kill the game at the end. I understand that. And, and then yeah. you have to go to overtime. you got to go to penalties once again. Was it at the end of the game, was it? We knew we should have won. Was it relief because of the way the game went? Talk to me about the emotions. Um, a lot of emotions when you when you're one nil up with 90 seconds to go and you can't see. It's not the it's not the best feeling in the world, but you have to you have to dust yourself off and realize that you have another 30 minutes to play and, and hopefully you can go win it in that period of time. And if not, then penalties are penalties are a lottery. So you hope that Logan can can pull off a save or two and, and we were confident enough to, to put our penalties away but I think the, the game was a tough game as it always is between ourselves and New Mexico um, I think we've, we've, we've had some great games over the past two seasons two, two quality sides so um, it, it was just relief at the end to get through um, I think that's I think that's playoff playoff football it sort of gives you that emotion at the end that you're just relieved that it's over and you move on to the next game um, uh, and thankfully it's us that's going there and, and not New Mexico. 
Richie, before we talk about this game against Phoenix, I want to go to the last time you guys played. There's a little rivalry here in the Western Conference between you and Phoenix. Some really fantastic matches between the two of you. Heated. The most recent one was back on August 1st. I think people need to first understand that your team now, both personnel-wise and lineup-wise, and also the form that you're in, very, very different. What do you remember about that match? Um, that we gave up three sloppy goals. Three, three, we gave Phoenix three moments that Phoenix Rising right capitalized on these moments quite a lot. Um, transition moments, they're, they're a very good team at it. And they, they punish you because they have the firepower up front to, to go and finish chances. So um, I think we, we sort of shot ourselves in the foot that night. Uh, but in, in open play, it, I thought we played really well. We controlled the large majority of the game. We had some chances ourselves that we, we just didn't take on the night. Um, so it, it was probably a frustrating game for us more than anything when we looked back on it. Um, but hopefully, hopefully we can go into the game this weekend. And like you said, we're we're a little, little bit of a different beast at the moment. So hopefully we can show that on Saturday. What's it like going up against a squad like that? Because even with the absence of Junior Flemings, they have Santi Moar, Solomon Asante, Rufat Dadashov, playmakers in Stanton and Bacaro. The outside backs like to get forward. Just as you mentioned, so much firepower. What is it like being on the field against a team like that? You know, Phoenix probably have the, in my opinion, they probably have the strongest squad in the league with the, the quality of players that they have throughout the throughout the whole squad. So it's um, yeah, they, they've lost Junior Flemings, but it's it's something that I don't I don't have too much sympathy for them because they've lost Junior Flemings because they're replacing them with Santi Moar. So yeah, it's not it's not it's not a, it's not a tough situation for them. Um, so, yeah, they, they, they've got talent throughout the squad, and we know that whoever plays for them at the weekend is, is capable of causing us problems if we're not switched on for, for the whole game. Richie, one last thing for the departing fans. You've talked about keeping some players. You've talked about some of the new talent that came in, and, and we discussed the locker room. Last year, you guys lose right at the end of it to the Real Monarchs who go on and win it. I, I'm sure there's a little bit of spite there, number one, the way the game ended, but number two, the fact that you guys were right there within reach of that first championship. Yeah. What's the difference this year that gets you that one? I think in, in football, as in many things in life, you, you hope to learn from your mistakes. So, um, you know, what happened last year hurt every one of our players that was that was involved in the game, and, and that's still here at the club now. And um, I think we're all we're all hungry to, to win the first trophy in the club's history, and, and this Saturday is another opportunity to make it happen. Richie, one follow-up, buddy, personally for you. With Sligo, Shamrock, Ottawa, it seems like every stop that you've been at, you've won something. And, of course, the regular season with FC Cincinnati on the run you guys went on in 2018. Where does, yeah. if you guys could continue this run and, and you could get that star and get the trophy for El Paso Locomotive, where does that fall in personally for you? Um, probably personally, from a personal point of view, I'd probably say at the top, Devin, um, because I'm not getting any younger, so... To, to go and win another trophy would be would be something that I'd, I'd be really proud of from a personal point of view and to to do it at a club that started from scratch again um, and to see how much the club has grown around the city and to, to win it with the group of players that are here now would be would be very special. There you have it, Richie Ryan. The uh, I, I feel like if I call you the maestro, that's not it doesn't give you your fair due because of how important you are to a team. Let's just say this, Richie Ryan player for El Paso Locomotive, but more importantly, you get an opportunity to chat with him, a fantastic person. Richie, as always, my friend, thank you very much for your time, sir, and best of luck. Thank you very much, Devin. I've been, I've been called worse than the maestro. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Cheers, bud. Speak soon.
No problem. Take care.